0: You are listening to Engaging and exciting conversation On the Radiant Culture Podcast Podcast Get ready Now
1: Welcome everybody You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast Welcome back for 2022 This is our first episode um, A bit of a late start to the year But we also needed to rest So thank you for being patient with us And we are back with the usual suspects Cookie Monster
2: In the house How Fresh,
1: oh, fresh out the oven. Out the oven.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this year. I think it's a great year. Got off to a great start, and yeah, a lot of lot of good things happening.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And yes. we have joining us over the interwebs, Biscuit. Yo, yo, yo. How are you doing? Or oh, should I'm, we say, co- "Cómo está"?
2: <laughs> Cómo va?
0: They don't so laugh, like, hey, don't just laugh. guy. You need hey, to know the the response. Hey, What's the... I, I haven't started my French lessons yet. Um, I'm
2: so about, this you, you, you say Savabion. Mm. Mercy. Oh, <laughs> hey, I can be teaching <laughs> you I'm French bien. when you're living in a French country, bro. You can, country,
0: you can bro. teach me, bro. You can right? teach me, bro. I'm here for you to teach them English. That's
2: what I'm doing. <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> and we have. Um, I never know how to introduce PC man. He's just so awesome. I mean, what can I say? He's the goat. I don't know of what exactly, but he's a goat of some sort. Of loving my wife. There we go. Mm, mm,
3: mm, mm. I'm the goat of loving my wife. Wow, and my kids.
1: There we go. (laughs) So we have PC in the building, Pastor Craig. How are you?
2: I'm excited. I'm excited. Scoring brownie points
1: <laughs> does your wife listen to the podcast At uh, least this one. I, have, she I hope she's listen. <laughs> listening to this one
2: I
3: hope she's listening to this one if you are listening my baby mama with no drama I love you
2: so much mm-hmm. 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 we
1: like it we like it mm. so um, this episode I think we are
2: it's actually not about love just in case people are wondering
1: uh, yeah sorry Valentine's episode we skipped it this year sorry But it is, in a way, about love. It's about how we show how in love we are with Christ, in a way. Because a lot of us, okay, maybe not a lot of us, but some of us got saved quite a while ago. And we kind of remember how we were like when we first got saved. It is kind of how you're like when you first fall in love, like... You're always talking about the person. You're always spending time with the person. You're just everyone can just tell. There's something going on with you because you're in love. And it's the same when you get saved. You're just always talking about Jesus. You're always trying to tell people about Jesus. You're always going to Jesus-related activities. And it seems that the longer we're in this relationship with Him, those very obvious signs of how in love we were at the beginning don't seem to quite be as evident. So we're talking about that today. Does it mean the fire has gone cold? Does it mean you are now mature and you no longer just get overly excited? What does it mean, really? So that's what we're talking about today. So don't worry, we're not going to bash you for backsliding or anything like that. We're just having a conversation. And you can take what you like from it.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which... I was having a conversation. I
1: can't hear anyone in my headphones. Serious? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, so then as well. Yes. It's, it's okay if you can hear me then. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. Should and I? Continue? Yeah. You should can. I carry on?
2: Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine. Um, he's um, well, he's, he's a medical doctor and, I guess, a lover of all things. Theology and apologetics and all of that. So we're having a conversation uh, with coffee about two weeks ago. Um, he goes to a Baptist church, <clears throat> and we got into a conversation about Cal- <laughs> about Calvinism, actually. Yeah, the the deep stuff, Calvinism, predestination, and all of that, all of that sort of stuff. So of course he actually says to me, "I'm a I'm a five point Calvinist." Don't, don't worry about what all of that means, but. We then started talking about salvation mm-hmm. and and um, what that means, and do we do we choose God or does God choose us, and you know all, all of that, <laughs> all of that stuff that I now uh, feel
1: pressure for our coffee date. Do we have to talk about such deep things?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I said I now feel pressure for our coffee date. So <laughs> At gonna, least the things you
2: talk about. We're going we're gonna, go gonna be go. keeping it light. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> our coffee date is gonna be cool. We'll talk about the. The, the the lighter stuff, okay, yeah. But my po- how this connects with our conversation is that we got into a very interesting conversation about um, salvation and how God's how God saves us, whether God whether we choose God or whether God chooses us, and and all of that. <clears throat> and he said something that, that kind of uh, struck or struck a chord that that's stood out to me. And he said, "God, God saves us." And we, we don't hold on to God, but God holds on to us, right? And then the question I, I then had was, so what happens when people let go of God? What happens when people let go of their walk with God? Is that something that we, we have control over? Or at the end of the day, does God continue holding on to us? And that, that then led on to the point that if salvation is something that God does and, 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 and works within us, can someone who's really walking with God actually stop walking with Him? So it was one of those, one of those type conversations. So like I'm saying, a lot of deep, deep sort of stuff that we're talking about. But the point being, if you're walking with God, to what extent do you hold on to God and to what extent does God hold on to you? Yeah, I I guess that's that's what I'm I'm putting out there. Sorry to start us off on, on, on that? On that. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't the intention, but anyway, I'm just putting it out no, there. No, it's all good. Yeah. You're not looking for an answer, are you? Uh, maybe. Let's just yeah, let's just let it <laughs> ruminate. We just we'll just let it float. <laughs> <laughs> And then maybe maybe some, if somebody wants to jump in, they get to that. Yeah. All
3: right, let's go. We'll come. We'll come to it somewhere in the conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. By the way, I'm just going to come for the coffee as well when we do the coffee. Yeah, please. When please you're talking, I'll, I'll be I'll be specializing on the coffee part.
2: <laughs> <laughs> by all means, by all means. But I love I love this subject because, <clears throat> we've seen many people, who. Uh, sometimes you know people who walk with God, or rather people who are together with us, serving together in church, serving together in youth group, and then sometimes people totally lose their faith, or uh, guys just aren't as connected to the things of God anymore. I or,
1: think we need to address that Christianese term of "on fire," because mm. that's usually what we say. Ah, mm. it's not really on fire for God anymore. Like, what is that about? What What do you even mean when you say that? Because we kind of use it as a measure to say, "Mm, this one is no longer as devoted as they were before. But how are we supposed to see that with human eyes? Is it that evident? Like, what are they doing when they're on fire versus when they're not on fire?
2: Good question. And there also seems to
0: be like one brand of what is on fire. Like, it's just one type. Everyone has the same type of fire and the same expression of their zeal. Mm -hmm. And whenever you're off that brand, suddenly you are said to have backslidden yeah. well may or may not have but apparently it looks like
2: that yeah if if we are defining terms and addressing terms can we even go to the actual term Yaguti backsliding itself can we just address that <laughs> and and just start there
3: a very good point of departure i think yeah uh, maybe a basic. A basic explanation or a basic definition, for the purpose of this discussion, could be turning away from God, okay. <clears throat> departing from the faith. I hope that's not sounding too technically off or complicated.
2: I think I think that's fair. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: And then being on fire. Being is on fire. Something you can define.
3: Uh, sure, uh, sure. And this uh, allow me to be a bit subjective. Yeah, I think because I've never had a moment and time to really define what being on fire is. I guess it's generally uh, being considered to be zealous Mm -hmm. and involved in the things of God and his church. Mm -hmm. So one who is on fire is excited and is heavily uh, involved. So one who is no longer on fire, on fire, in fire, out of the fire, Mm -hmm. um, is one that has lost interest. Mm-hmm. that has lost passion, that has lost even the practical um, uh, and active involvement in whatever it is that God is doing. I guess perhaps that's what people talk about when they're saying on fire,
1: Yeah,
3: that kind of a thing. Perhaps that can also be a point of departure. Mm-hmm. Right. To say one who's no, who's, no, who's no longer on fire is no longer excited and interested in what used to um, captivate, consume, and get them to be actively participating.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. What I have noticed, and thank you for that, PC. What I've noticed um, is that we tend to, the journey, and I I think the journey for a lot of people is we get saved, uh, we become part of a church, a group of, you know, church, a youth group, or something of that sort. And we, you know, we're part of this great community, faith community. We're growing together, keeping each Mm -hmm. other accountable, encouraging each other, praying together, doing all these things. And what typically tends to happen is... Because for for one reason or another, people um, sometimes relocate. They go to other places. Sometimes people leave certain churches because of... You know, if they get married or... You know, for all kinds of reasons. Mm. And there's the element of the... Almost this group... um, What can I call it? Group devotion that we have together. Mm. And... And I feel as if what, what has happened, and I've witnessed this, what has happened with a lot of us is that when, we're, when we move out of those groups mm. and we now have to do life in a different setting, mm. our devotion is put to the test. Mm. Our discipleship walk is then put to the test. And mm. sometimes we're thrust into environments where there isn't that much support or maybe it's different. There's a lot of temptation, whatever the case is. So, so I guess the, the being on fire bit... I, I think it's it's possible and even easier to, to be on fire when you're together with people who are on fire. The question is, I think as a younger Christian, you can be on fire together with other people. But there comes a point where it's no longer just about the people you're with, the people you're serving with, where it becomes your own walk with God. It becomes your own value system that you're developing. It becomes your own discipleship walk, th- that sort of thing and and often that can we can um miss it's it's easy to misinterpret how somebody's walking because they don't appear to be on fire in the way that we think that they, they, they should be on fire you know what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. so like i'm saying my, my the friend that i was talking i was talking about he used to go to a pentecostal church mm-hmm. and now he's 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 going to a baptist church but for him it's because of a Something that God is doing in His heart, and He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm am in a much richer place in terms of my walk with God, my theology, but somebody else can look at that and be like, ah, but dude, what happened? What, what happened? You know. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm just saying, um, <clears throat> th- th- there's, there's all those dynamics to to consider, as well. But I think that the, the main thing being personal devotion versus uh, what happens in a, in a group setting.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um. I
3: think, coming back to being on fire, mm-hmm. uh, firstly, let me address the issue of the group aspect. I, I believe it's very biblical. yeah, And it's necessary. It's a pillar of what the church must be or should be. Insofar as somebody's uh, uh, walk, and, um, and in particular to this discussion, their zeal for God is. The Bible is very clear in Acts chapter number two. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Mm-hmm. So you get to see that fellowship is a key pillar in the development of a person's individual Christianity. So take out the element of uh, group involvement, participation, etc. in a person's life that's bound to have an effect on their walk with, with Christ. It's, um, it's totally priceless that a believer must always be in constant touch with certain other people. So I don't think it's at odds with the personal side. right? The personal side, as far as I'm concerned, is um, a person's personal communion with God. So whilst um, probably in the group side, you're experiencing God with others or through others. And this is very important because um, today in particular, I was having a discussion with someone who's not, uh, and we're talking about a uh, missing church, right? Mm-hmm. And I shared a particular scripture about a, a different matter and they, this is what they said they said i was reading this today but i didn't see it the way you you said then mm-hmm. i told them that this is why we need fellowship this is why we need a community because sometimes there's aspects of god you see through others mm-hmm. but that's one but it's not at odds and it must never be um uh, the be all and all that um what can i say takes over the individual communion Right. with god that a person is supposed to have predominantly through their prayer life and through their personal bible reading as far as um i'm i'm concerned so they are not necessarily two diametrically opposite uh, factors but as far as i'm concerned they are two legs mm-hmm. to one body that way you have fellowship on this side you've got your own individual um walk and communion on the other side and together together, they form what I would call a complete uh, aspect that contributes to this on fireness. As it would be, it's not good for a man to be alone. So we need companionship, not just for marriage, but generally the way he's made it is that when we have people with us, the fire in them, if I can use that term, right, with the fire in me, just becomes a bigger fire. Mm -hmm. But I have to also be doing something on my own. So what I'm doing on my own in terms of my relating with god uh, comes up to to keeping me on the on the right path or in the in the right fire zone if i can use that kind of um, right. that kind of speaking yeah
2: i like that I like that biscuit yeah you're you you're, you're out there man you're out there i'd love to hear what you think about this this discussion as well
0: Uh, So far, I'm I'm listening, I'm agreeing. Um, And yes, we do need community um, more than people give it credit for. Uh, What I've seen happen, and I don't know if this is necessarily adding to the conversation or not, but just my watching over the years from the period maybe when I joined the church and everyone around me was on fire and... To the period where now most of those same people have either left that church, gone to other churches or are not going to church at all. One of the things that happened along their journey is they all seem to come to a point where they um, decide that uh, that the value that they're getting from the community is has become destructive to them and they feel that they can seek God on their own in their own private time they end up valuing that private time more than they uh, value the community and more often than not it seems because seems to be because they became disenfranchised with the idea of that community mm. so um just adding that to the discussion uh, from what i've seen happening
3: that's powerful you know um reflecting on this i almost want to jump into what uh says ambe is saying Okay, let me talk about community a bit, then I'll come to my point. Sure. Uh, my own research, or just observation, if I say research, that might not be a very good word, into why people um, away. delve away yeah. from community is just, as far as I'm concerned, mentioned just one aspect there. I, 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 I put it in four S's. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why people stay away from community, number one, sin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sin generally has a way of drawing you mm-hmm. away from community. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve are perfect examples in terms of God. Number two, as would um, uh, have been mentioned by Tino, I call it strife. You know, when there's some sort of disenfranchisement based on whatever factor that happens with a particular grouping, it makes a person draw away. I believe that these are inherently satanic as far as I'm concerned because the devil never wants people to be connected. Mm -hmm. Number three, I believe that um, sorrow, I call it sorrow, Mm. Personal adversity that um, drives a person away from community. The Bible says in Exodus, I think it's eight. Is it eight or is it six, eight? Um, Moses, when he spoke to the children of Israel, the words of God, they did not listen to him because of their hard uh, oppression at the hands of the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I call it um, spiritual, either immaturity or um, spiritual something in terms of just lacking certain disciplines. Spiritual anemia. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I'm wanting Ooh. to dive into with regards to this on fire thing. To say, uh, do you guys remember the law of the conver- conservation of energy in high school? I still remember something like that. Energy can neither be created mm, dis- nor destroyed, changes. but can only change from mm. one form yeah. to another. Yeah. I actually don't think that people necessarily um, get off the fire, but the fire is just channeled to something which is not God. Right. You see, and the Bible—if I was to use a, a technical Bible uh, uh, a word here—it yeah, would be idols. Mm. You see, so where, where a person was very committed to God, if we find out that their commitment, even just to reading the Word, because when you say on fire, remember, it's not just on fire in terms of liturgical or church programs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be just the fire to read the Bible in the morning,
2: Yeah.
3: right? Or the fire to pray. You see, if the person has got no zeal, interest, passion for that, it's not that the fire is necessarily gone, but it's just been diverted to another thing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the Bible calls that idols or mm-hmm. other gods. Mm-hmm. What is my definition of a God? A God, and this would come back to our discussion here to say, these are the things that... Uh, in quotes, remove the fire. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying it's just diverted uh, passion, right? What are the things, what's what's my definition of a God? Anything, and this is, I think, the simplest I can give, anything that stops you from reading your Bible, talking to God in prayer, and being in community and participating with the people of God, Mm -hmm. that is a God. So supposing that thing is a good activity, like work, like work. Mm. exercise, my wife, mm-hmm. my children, right, planning, even church things. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that diverts me from reading the word of God, from consistently praying, and then from participating in the life of the church. Remember, the Bible says the church is a body. Yeah. So nobody can say, I don't need community. Nobody can say I'm community by myself at home. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've been given spiritual gifts. They're for the edification of the whole body. So the moment my spiritual gift is not benefiting someone, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a chink in the armor of the body of Christ there. Mm-hmm. So when people lose fire, I believe that has just been diverted to these gods. Mm-hmm. You see, so the moment a person... So what happened to the fire? The moment a person is no longer excited about youth on Friday... But they're excited to be playing PS uh, with, with the boys, mm-hmm. for instance. Mm-hmm. It's just fire for me that's been diverted. But in our normal Christian speak, would say, it's no longer what? Okay. On fire. Yeah. And the effect now of this is usually things like succumbing, as I say, to sinful living. Yeah. Right? Because now the fire has been diverted. Sin has an entry in. If it's not sin, strife. Right? You become to see what used to be good, suddenly you begin to see the wrong things in that thing. Just like in a marriage. You see, if you're not really up with God properly, the one you used to love yesterday can quite easily be someone who's the only thing you focus in in your spouse. Begins to be the wrong thing. Yet the same person could easily find a new person and, and still be okay with them. So you then find sin coming. You then find, if it's not sin it's strife. Right? If it's not strife it's a person that's overwhelmed. By the sorrows of life and then when we talk about the sorrows of life Sometimes some people make it look like their sorrows are so unique and I speak respectfully here and I hope I'm not talking too much But all of us have sorrows when we're in community when we're worshiping when we're participating It's not like all of us don't have financial problems or challenges with our kids or families or whatever and so forth So what is it with this person that that their sorrows are amplified that they can't handle them, that we who also have sorrows are able to still do it and love God mm. is because the fire has been channeled
2: to the wrong things.
1: Hmm.
2: That is, I, and I like how you've categorized uh, those things um, and those different S's that you gave because I think that also helps to to give it some, some much needed context. I was just laughing when you're talking about energy mm. <laughs> and I, I just started thinking this sounds so new age. Uh, <laughs> i'm just i'm just joking but just i mean, the I mean producer, whole, the, please check him out the whole, the whole energy <laughs> the whole energy thing but the, the point being that i think you're so right and this brings me immediately the thought that came to mind as you were speaking is the um, whole thing about the lockdown mm. that because we've been forced due to the lockdown to have to do church online virtually which has been a great blessing in many ways, right? Mm. but it's also made a lot of people very um comfortable with doing church at home and on their phone or on their laptop or whatever on the iPad, and some people are now struggling to reintegrate into 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 the conventional uh, meeting together meeting together and we, we we've done an episode about this, I, I know, but i'm just I'm just reiterating this to to make a point, which is that. I think it's also very possible for us to, just given the points that PC highlighted, yeah. to begin to lose that sense of community and to begin to stop seeing the need mm. for that sense of community because we feel like, hey, I've already got, I'm attending church virtually, I'm, I'm good. But you're missing a key component, which is the, the, the community aspect. Mm. People who are going to hold you accountable. Mm people who are going to be there for you, people who are going to pray with you. There's something about that that is, that, that is very important. And I'm just mm-hmm. highlighting that to say, I wonder how many people have actually backslidden in the name of, you know, uh, uh, we're just, I'm just going to stick to doing church virtually.
3: And, and, and why I like that, I wish I was there for that uh, lockdown episode. I like to give two examples that, you know what? Is it possible to do marriage virtually?
1: No. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Or
3: parenting, visually.
0: You question.
3: (laughs) can I love my wife from the Victoria Falls and have a 10-year union where we never get to see each other, we kiss each other, you know, on the the phone screen and whatever. You see, uh, the honest truth is there's no way my kids, uh, well, perhaps they could be able, but I think my head would spin Mm -hmm. if I can't see my children live. Because face to face, sometimes there's things you notice that you'd not be able to notice from afar. The issue of gathering and being in close uh, contact with each other, as you rightfully mentioned, you're able to see and, and feel each other, you know, at a, at a more intimate level mm-hmm. than would be from a distance. This is why, if we put you, if we locked you away in your best holiday destination, right? whatever it is, then we removed everybody from that place. Then we made sure we'd give you a ton of all the cash bills. You can have 10 billion if you want. Mm-hmm. And we locked you away without everybody in your, in your favorite holiday destination. Still, right within a matter of time, you discover how lonely it is. King Solomon says something very interesting. He says a piece of bread, a piece of crust with someone you love. Mm -hmm. It's much better than much feasting with strife. So you see, so sometimes the magic is not in the elaborateness of life, but in the comfort of community. Mm. You see, remember the lepers, remember Paul and Silas. These are supposed, supposedly very difficult circumstances. But you know, the power of people that are together. Remember the four friends who the guy who was um, lame. Mm-hmm. The Bible says when he saw the effect. One of the things that I see in all those scriptures there is the power of that togetherness. You know, insofar as uh, getting, and this discussion is concerned, getting the fire, you know, to get, to get moving
1: out. Yeah. Um, I have recently started <laughs> an exercise journey, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. with my husband and... Today, we didn't go to the boot camp thing in the morning. And because he was tired, he's like, I'm not feeling it today. And I mean, I wasn't mad. I'm like, it's cool. We cannot go. So I worked out at home by myself. And the workout in terms of intensity was very similar to what we do at the boot camp. But for some reason, I struggled Mm. on my own. Prior to the boot camp I'd been doing that on my own but for some reason today it was just so hard working out by myself like I don't know like the same intensity but I was like drenched in sweat and I was like "Eh, ah this is too much I need to stop but when I'm in that group of people there's like about sixty of us or so doing it with the instructor and you're all going and you're all trying and you're all doing the things I feel like I do the same intensity but it doesn't feel as hard and I just thought of it when you were giving that example that for some reason having people with that same common goal around you or the same values and the same principles all trying to strive for that same crown of glory together it feeds the fire like we can't run away from that I don't think that there's a replacement for that even if on your own you're your communion with God is fantastic I do think that element is quite necessary I mean yeah I know there's parts of the world where people cannot gather because it's literally illegal Mm. Um, but for those of us where we can and it's it's not illegal and you can do it at your leisure then I think we should like I don't know I'm, I'm really the example you gave really made me think of that because it's 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 irreplaceable
3: and the, the other thing sometimes we don't emphasize is our value to other people. Yeah. Sometimes when you talk about community, it's as if we talk about how community oh, is good for solid. me.
2: That, that's that's, you that's know, a good point. Yeah.
3: Without actually emphasizing that my being there is good for somebody.
1: Yeah, I don't think you I see, think of that often. And
3: one of my pastors, he really taught me some very nice things. A bit hard when I was younger, but he taught me some wonderful things that One of the reasons we attend church is not for ourselves, yeah. You know, one of the reasons I go to church is not so, it's, for, it's not just for me, myself, and I, yeah. It's for the next person, it's yeah. for the next
1: person. I think when you don't serve, like mm. you mm. don't have a specific position, like you're mm. not an usher, you're not in praise and worship, you're not mm. a preacher, you're not a teacher, you're nothing. Mm. You're just okay, not nothing, but mm. <laughs> you are just attending <laughs> mm. and fellowshipping afterwards and leaving you maybe don't see your value.
3: Uh, and, and that is an error as, as far as I'm concerned that needs total redressing because every part is important. Every part is important. Yeah. The person who's sitting next to whoever, whether it's a Sunday kind of thing or it's a week, weekday, whatever smaller gathering in whatever size and quantums they are, people need to know that it's not just for me that a community is there, Mm. but it's I for the next person, you see. And I believe that as that truth um, becomes clearer and clearer, you know, people then are a little bit more responsible about how then they contribute to the fire Mm. in the next person, that kind of a thing. And I I, I was actually telling some people that these days you're considered Mm. junkies you're considered uh, Bible bashers or crazies if you do church every day. But in the Bible, in the book of Acts, church wasn't even a Sunday service necessarily.
1: Yeah,
3: They met every day. Somebody said, you know, and I know I could st- stroke, strike, stroke uh, or cause controversy here. Uh, sometimes, you know, we're so good in terms of wanting very compact services, short. I got to do my thing there. In, in, in Acts chapter 5, do you know that Ananias died, let's just say, in hour one? Do you know how much later his wife came and then when she fell off Sapphira? She came three hours later. So three hours later, church was still happening. You know, it mm. was still happening. Mm. How long do you think a church meeting or that church meeting was? <laughs> and I'm not trying to necessarily speak and say, let's have all day church. Meetings necessarily, but I'm trying to say that church was life, was right. the life, right? It wasn't, you know, I'm going to church and then after church we're doing lunch, blah blah, etc. etc. As in, you know, Sunday, if you notice know in, in these contemporary cultures, Sunday literally God is literally getting less and less of the day, mm-hmm. okay? And so, attending church or attending church meetings is like a token to satisfy my soul or to pacify me so that i don't feel like i've left the faith yeah. so that i can go do other things yeah. so there's more discussions about how how long is our service is going mm. the holy spirit is not even allowed mm. in quotes to detain us mm. because uh why would he do that like i'm saying what i'm literally saying right now could literally get fire and and, and brimstones thrown against me here but that's, that's, these are some things that um, whenever I think about it, um, I wonder whether we really, we really have the fire. Please, I'm not saying we should have seven-hour services necessarily. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, what when happened? you start
1: encroaching on yeah. someone's Sunday on, nap time, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <yeah,
0: laughs> Can yeah. these people on get
2: um, biscuit, go.
0: Now, On that point of uh, whether we have the fire, as you're speaking, um, this, that is the thought that was going through my mind, carrying on from TMAX, earlier point of how she was saying she didn't even look at it from that perspective of what she was possibly giving to someone else in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me wonder that when people first uh, come into the faith, which is when we're saying the fire is the brightest, Mm -hmm. it, it maybe begs the question of they're probably coming in already with the wrong idea of what it is all about there may be possibly in it for what they're going to get and which is why the fire then eventually dies because over time maybe you're not getting what you thought you ought to be getting from the entire experience when it's not about that it's more about what you're giving but that's lost in the whole thing so after mm-hmm. some time when you're not getting what you thought you would get you're not getting the accolades or the, the experience or the, wife, the, mood, the, the way that you thought you'd get it, the wife, the car, the house, the blessings, all of that, you're not getting it, you eventually decide that no, um, this, is, this is not what I signed up for. Or, or you may not even say it in your own words, you maybe subconsciously, you just pull away because you're not trying to give, you're, you're still trying to get something.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't that, thanks Biscuit doesn't that also speak into our doctrine, theology, disciples, discipleship structures within um, that particular, if we're referring to a particular church grouping, mm. for example. Um, I heard somebody once say, "What what it takes to get them is what it will take to keep them. So <laughs> something along those lines, right? So I'm just thinking that, for me, right now, at my, the stage that I'm at as a Christian, is I, I don't like gimmicks anymore. I'm not. There was a time when I was really impressed by certain types of messages. I'd be on TBN and watching all these big preachers. That, that's that's where I was at at that time. But but as I as I watch my own walk and my own journey, I'm thinking a lot of, a lot about things like doctrine. About you know, is this is this correct theology? Does does this make sense? Because I guess I'm just more conscious of things like that, right? Mm. So what I'm wondering about right now is. If um, if we're, we're brought into uh, churches, I mean, I'm just using church generically here. If we're brought into churches where the the where certain things are not in place, where we're attracting people by things that don't have lasting value, then I think it's very easy that after a while, if, if those things are not being met anymore, somebody can leave. But mm. I, but I think that if somebody's really coming into a place where where there are structures for discipleship, mm. where there is proper fellowship, where there is proper love. And mm. um, and the focus is really Christ to say, hey, listen, in our church, yes, we don't have the best sound system. Yes, mm. we don't have the most amazing lights. lights and whatever. But we're all about the love of Christ, that mm. the power of the gospel, the truth of the gospel. We want you to know that you are loved by God. You're loved by I really believe that if somebody encounters that in a real genuine way, mm. Right, they, they also begin to find their place within that particular setting and, and, and what they give. And I think that is a healthy place, which leads to my next question. Mm. And this is a bit of a controversial one, but I'm going to ask it anyway, uh, because I've been thinking about it. The whole big mega church model. Mm. right? Um, I've been thinking about this. I was in South Africa uh, a month ago, I spent a, I spent a couple of weeks there And the whole time I was going to this really small church Lovely church, right? I typically go to a big church mm. and, I, and I like it there too But I just going to this small church Got me thinking about a lot of stuff And one of the questions I asked myself In one of the services was Does the whole big church model Actually really work? Is it healthy? Mm. Does it create proper discipleship i think
1: that's a whole episode i know i know that's
2: a whole episode and to my brothers and sisters who are are like me who go to a big church just bear with me here Mm. right i I really thought about this in a deep way and and i'm I'm saying it's is it healthy is it not possible for people to fall through the cracks Mm. to lose people because we're so big Mm. and there's always people there and it's very easy to lose people Maybe not lose them in the sense that they leave the church, but to lose them as in we lose track of where they're at and what's mm. going on. So I'm just wondering, again, PC, maybe I'll throw this one at you. because I, you're, I, I'm ready for it. You're ready, right? I'm, I'm sorry. for it. And I've had lots of conversations about it, mm. but I'm just really wondering, right? Does it work? Does it work? work? Well, praise the Lord. Listen to what I said, praise the Lord.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to preach, but um, let me just go off rail a bit and then come back. Mm-hmm. Why do we think the things that we think? Why do we think the things that we think? And this is very relevant to what I want to say here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use some, what i would call informal lingo here. The reason why we think what we think, for instance, the questions that you're having or the previous discussions with regards to discipleship and mm-hmm. so forth. When you're saying those Things that maybe if discipleship is in a place, perhaps, and, and whatever, and all those other structures, then people are not lost. Um, to all perfection, I see a limit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people come out from very well structured churches. Yeah. Okay. People come out from loosely structured churches, if you want. Uh, men of God, elders, people that we should think know better, have fallen by the wayside. So what precipitates that? And then I'm going to come to, to the issue that you've mentioned. Uh, using just today's language number one, friends. So uh, Tino talked about how maybe people come with the wrong stuff. But how about when they come, into the, uh, come with the wrong perception? How about when they come in and they're, and they're disciples? And they've walked with God for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right? And they've been deep. They used to go out on outreaches. Knock to their friends and so forth. They got the whole deal. There's people like that right. who when you go to them, they'll tell you all the doctrines of the church and et cetera, et cetera, but they're out. So wh- 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 what was the point of departure? Simply, as far as I'm concerned, friends, whoever it is in terms of your mates who is um, influencing you, right, can influence you out of community since it's been, or rather out of the fire. Another one is an F, but this is wrong spelling, the phone.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
3: I think the phone is underrated insofar as, as it's negative discipleship <laughs> impact.
2: You gave me a bit of a fright there.
3: On the modern day believer. Mm. I think we haven't done much justice to really sit down and look at this blessing that is literally had a curse potential. Yeah. Insofar as turning the people of God away from God. You see, so I, I bet you if it to do proper research, you may be, you may be surprised that some people who have um, forsaken their faith, to some extent, the living that was put into them because a little living, mm-hmm. liven's a whole lump, eh, mm-hmm. was via, you know, this medium called the phone. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's not wrong for me to say people spend a majority of time yep. each day mm-hmm. on that little device and it's shaping literally people's worldviews opinions thoughts and feelings so and then the other wrong if again is wrong grammar and so forth but you love me anyway is what i would call our frequent frequent contacts mm-hmm. this could be entertainment or whatever else it is that captivates particularly issues or rather our soul the things that gets us excited interested and looking and leaning into so these things I believe is what really gets a person to 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 begin to stray off from the things that bring fire now does does the big church or small church works uh, if if well, firstly, if you look at the Bible, the church in X was a mega church okay right okay. The, the very inception and its growth was mega, so it would be very difficult to say it doesn't work Okay. right but i don 't think the discussion should be is it big or small mm-hmm. is the church the model that Jesus intends it to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, so is discipleship happening in that church, right, whether it's large or small? Are people in community in the church? Because one of the things that attracts people to large churches, they're very strong networks of community. You can have 6,000 people in a place, but everybody, though they've never met the pastor, feels, has a strong sense of belonging. It means in that place, even though they might be in their thousands, Mm -hmm. they've managed to get a lot more people connected than with a church of fifteen, for example, right, or fifteen people. Mm-hmm. So it's never is it big or is it small? Is their community? I like that. You get the I sense. Like yeah. Is their ministry whether you're small or big? Is their ministry and by ministry I mean is everybody actively participating? So that's how we should uh, we should we should measure in terms of the numbers. I think it's good for everyone to know God wants everybody. Yeah. So whether they're in a big or a small, God wants. As many people, all right. The larger churches, in terms of numbers, sometimes are good in terms of impact and influencing society and community. Also, is got its downs in terms of some other issues, right? But but I think that the things we should be looking is not really the numbers debate, but the content, or rather the the structure, as as it would be.
2: Okay. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I like I like how you've answered that because I think that's that's important and. Uh, yeah, anyway, l- let me park that one there. <laughs> um,
1: My question, PC, is about serving. Mm. Um, uh, is it, I don't know if the, I should say, is it okay? Mm. I suppose it depends on what God is telling you to do. But it's one of those measures that we use to say someone, typically, to say if someone is on fire or not, mm. are they serving Mm. in their local church. Mm. Is it really a requirement? Like, Or you can live your whole Christian journey without serving in your local church, but you're still out there and ministering to people in other ways, but you don't necessarily have a position at your church?
3: Oh, serving is a requirement. It's a requirement. It's a measure, actually. A measure of spiritual progress Mm -hmm. is your ability to serve. It's just that perhaps our measure or what we consider serving might be the actual work and not the processes even behind yeah the actual work, yeah like it's in service sometimes that friendship mm-hmm. is established with certain people, mm-hmm. and I can minister to a fellow servant, yeah uh, let's assume we're cleaners right let's assume the service is cleaning or 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 doing sound
1: mm-hmm.
3: right, and um we shouldn't just look at it with regards to the job or the task at hand, yeah. but the life of the people that are doing the tasks. Mm-hmm. Thank God that David encouraged himself in the Lord in the heat of the battle. But under ordinary circumstances, you know, whoever is in the house of God needs another person to be doing that for them. Now, why serving? Why can't I just be sitting? Because there is a job or a task to be done. There's never something that can be done only by one person. I know we normally love to use the story of Mary and Martha uh, in, in a negative context. To Martha, to say she, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, so Martha was was distracted, which is correct. But I have a different angle of looking at that. I believe Martha's issue was not what she was doing, but the attitude that 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 she was carrying in doing what she was doing. Why? Mm -hmm. Because Jesus says the greatest amongst you is the least. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Right? Mm. He who wants to be Lord must be what the slave of everybody. So technically speaking, Martha, who's in the kitchen, is literally least. She's making, and and imagine if we took her out. It would mean what needed to be done would Mm -hmm. not be done. done. You you get the sense. So there's always things that need to be done. So when a person is brought, and and by the way, and this is me, I think I'm not too far from God. I believe that everybody is in a particular church for a particular reason. Maybe I can add even a season in some cases, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And and you might think it's because I like the music or, you know, I got born again here or, you know, my friends go there. But I believe God leads you to where you are. And he never leads you there by mistake, but he leads you there with a mission. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that the Bible in Psalms says Joseph was sent to Egypt. Imagine the sending via a pit. Imagine. Imagine, but he was sent. Mm-hmm. So all of us, if we then have this uh, missionary view to our being in church, suddenly we start seeing the necessity of service, right? From serving with your finances, if I can use that uh, term, mm-hmm. right? To serving in terms of um, just helping. Just helping. I always tell some people say, okay, Pastor, I want to serve. Um, how do I serve? How do I know how I serve? I say there are different ways to know how God is calling you to serve. The, the most common one we talk about is interest, right? Mm-hmm. Interest or passion. Yeah. Right? Or maybe you received a prophetic word. But one, one I l- normally love to throw in there is the call, the call to service. Supposing somebody comes to you and say, please help. Remember, Paul went to Macedonia. The Bible says in the dream, he he, he heard the person saying, come help us. Right. And they immediately interpreted that we need to go there. So sometimes a call can be made, you know, and by call, I'm not talking about behind the pulpit on a a Sunday service. But someone can actually ask you, hey, can you please help me uh, spread out the flyers before the service? Already for me, that's a sign that a person is supposed to serve. So, 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 So service is a sign. That somebody is making significant mm-hmm. spiritual progress. Mm-hmm. You see, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in any case, that's also how we grow. And our spiritual gifts also find ways and expressions in, in places like that. That's yeah. even where calling is noticed. That's even when, um, you know, the body can be edified because you're starting on those lower ranks and uh, going up to the very higher levels. Yeah. That's me, guys.
1: Right. <laughs> but, and on that as well, huh? um, Is this something that we should apply moderation to? Mm. And that I know with the rise of the mantra of having self-love and also taking care of yourself, making sure that you are full in order for you to be able to pour out to others, ETC, people now want to avoid, even though you're on fire, you don't want to get burnt out. Mm. So people now limit the amount of, whether it's the amount of time they spend at church or how many services they go to or in how many areas they serve, is that still fine? Or we should just, you know, just go in there guns blazing and whatever there is to do, I can do it.
3: Wow. You, you're saying too many lovely things or <laughs> lovely programs. Number one, uh, self-love. Whenever I hear self-love, I am very up... Uh, okay, let me not say very. I, I have a, a hint of skepticism. Because you should die to Because self. in my view, how I've often heard it, mm. It's, it's really selfishness masked in the need to love self, you know, or to take care of self. How I've heard it in many places, it's really selfishness, just given a nice title. Okay. Uh, the Bible actually says in Philippians, each of you should not look to his own interests. Mm-hmm. Consider others better mm-hmm. than yourself. We're called to serve. Mm. So, so I'm very touchy to some extent maybe i get triggered <laughs> with that mm-hmm. let's let's come to issues of um um burnout again i normally hear a, a number of people saying um you know i'm tired i'm just tired yeah i've yeah. i've discovered there's a difference between being tired and being weary mm. okay whether you are in church or out of church yeah this is where somebody can have 8 hours of sleep on a sunday but still wake up on monday And not want to get out of bed. But you've had long, long hours of sleep. And normally what I hear is I'm tired. And I've come to realize that a person is weary. What's my definition of weary in this case? They're overwhelmed emotionally. Regardless of where you put them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I'm coming to hit this issue of burnt out. How did Jesus do it? Whenever I normally hear burnout and issues like that, I come back to the core disciplines. The Bible says in the book of Mark very early before the sun had come out jesus went to pray the bible also says jesus often withdrew Mm -hmm. if a person does not have a withdrawal ministry in terms of withdrawal to seek the face of god he will definitely have a strong burnout anointing (laughs) so you can do your research check everyone who says they're burnt out just get their prayer log just just find out their prayer log their personal prayer log And now when we talk about this, we're not talking about prayer in so far as the church services or meetings are concerned. Mm -hmm. Your private times of prayer. So you've got people, you know, who who are running an engine that's not constantly oiled. So people that are not constantly reading the Bible for themselves. I remember saying, if you are a preacher and you're listening to me, and I've said this to some other people, whenever you find out a preacher saying, I don't have a message to preach, go look at their Bible reading log. I didn't say they're preparing for a message or Sunday preaching log. Just, just ask them and really look each and every day of their lives. Have they actually been reading their Bibles as a person who's wanting to feed from the Word of God? Mm-hmm. So burnt out, etc., is normally associated with not having enough time with God in prayer and the Word. When a person is in there, listen. David says, "Zeal for your house consumes me." Yeah. Right. He says, "A day in your courts." He says, a day in your course is better than a thousand. He says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper, Mm -hmm. which means that there were ranks or or levels of service. Then he says, if you give me just doorkeeping on the peripheries, Mm -hmm. like the greeters outside, right? Who don't even hear exactly the songs being sung, the message being preached inside. He says, if all you gave me was just to be a greeter, guess what? i'd 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 have that for over anything mm. it shows you that the person by the time they come to church is like that drunk guy by the time they get to the bar he's already gone all right <laughs> whatever little he gets there mm. is just adding fuel to a fire that was already there. Mm. so you see what happened to believers that know how to spend time with God? Mm. These are the people when we get into ordinary meetings. everybody has a word from the Lord. you know six people can say something, and you know. Everybody with striking accuracy is in sync with what God is saying. But what are we having? We're now having the form. So we're doing the things of God. Or rather meetings, church meetings and whatever, programs. But with people that are not oiled. Mm-hmm. And so you now hear these things saying, burnout, I need to stop serving. I need to stop. You know what Jesus says about his father when he's challenged about working on the Sabbath? He says, oh, wow, well, guys, my father is always working.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. He says, my father is always working. And, and I was telling this to some people, do you know right now we're having church, but even on a Sunday, God is not really having church. He's always saving people. Yeah. I was trying to emphasize the need for constant evangelism. Mm-hmm. You see, because there can never be a season of evangelism and a season of no evangelism, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. But when you find this fire for these things missing and lacking, just go back and investigate
2: those people, their prayer lives and their, and their study of the word of God. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where, as you say this, PC, and thank you, because where, where I actually wanted us to take the conversation as we, as we wrap up here mm. is the whole, uh, we've spoken a lot about community, which mm. is crucial and key, mm. uh, just the whole aspect of personal devotion. Mm. Um, and I think you, you, you've, already, you've already sort of touched on that, um, which is that if we don't have a personal devotional life, mm. Where uh we're not seeking God for ourselves, mm. where we're not spending time in his word, and mm. i can I can say this for myself that I know those seasons in my life where I've not been reading the Word mm. as much as I should, right mm. um, actually, I remember earlier in the year, um I was challenged by something that you posted mm. where you, you're posting a lot about prayer because mm. now I'll just be reading your post in the background There, you okay. posted stuff about about prayer noted and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember you you There's a scripture that you posted, a Mm. scripture in James, which says, is any of you in trouble? Mm. Let him pray. Mm. Right. This is my paraphrase here. Mm. And I thought the only only reason why you pray when you're in trouble Mm. is because you have already placed God in the position where he is. The one that you run to, mm-hmm. he holds a certain position in your life, and I think the reason why we end up trying to figure things out on our own and mm-hmm. we end up tra- is because we've left God somewhere, and I think that comes back to that point of not having that personal um Devotion. d- d- devotional life, and I think that's something we we have to discipline ourselves to do. To say yeah. part of walking with God is that we have to have that devotional life. When you travel, um, do you have a Bible app on your phone, mm. right? Do you have a small Bible that you walk around with? I think Mm. those are things that we need to challenge ourselves to do. Then I just want to read something quickly, Mm. uh, which is a a C.S. Lewis quote that I think is quite relevant. It's from Mere Christianity. He says, God made us, invented us as 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 a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol, and it would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. Come on. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn mm. or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. Preach. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. Right. And of course, he's referring to religion here in, in this context. And he says, mm. this final statement is amazing. It says, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself. Come on. Because it is not there. Wow. And I just think it's it's so profound because I think in many in many ways we start looking for, for, for peace, for all these things in other places and we forget that the only place where we're going to find the things we're looking for is in God and he cannot give us anything else because there is no other thing that we can go to apart from himself.
3: My pins are my spouse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, uh, by the way, that personal devotion thing, that's why I
3: said, sorry I'm just reiterating myself, yeah, sure. watch out for your friends, watch out for your phone, watch out for your frequent contents. Because mm. these are the little livings, you know, that mm. come to just slowly, you know, erode yeah. Yeah. your personal devotion. Yeah, I always tell this to people. After one of those powerful, and I think people of a Pentecostal persuasions would understand, Have you ever tried to do two things after those powerful Holy Ghost services or those services where you say there was an encounter? Mm -hmm. Immediately after that, go watch TV for two hours. Mm -hmm. Just go watch TV for two hours. After such a deep spiritual encounter, go do two hours of TV. In fact, two hours is long enough. It's too long. One hour. And then check how you're feeling right after that. Or after one of those, go eat. Just immediately go and start chowing. (laughs) Just go start. Please, I'm not saying chowing is wrong. And then just check. Just check your, you know, use your, your, your informal spiritometer, mm-hmm. you know, to just check where you are. So so we really need, you know, that, that personal devotion thing is, let's just watch the people we've, we're friending, how we, we really consuming issues on our phones. And these are the things that we, you know, they come in and uh, try to give us a happiness that's outside of God. One, one final thing, sorry. Uh, one
2: final thing. Mr. Producer is saying we have to wrap up. Uh, um... Sorry, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Produce. It's the other aspect, which is what responsibility do we have to check up on people in our communities? Because I think that that's a key one we didn't touch on. Mm. Um, And I guess maybe we can just quickly go around. Or if somebody wants to take that one Mm. to say, what what is our responsibility? And what can we do to ensure that we we're following up on people? We're checking Mm. up on people Mm. on on, on where they're at. Because I think that's a key one as well.
3: Read Genesis 4. The questions of the Bible are amazing. Genesis 3, where are you, right? But Genesis 4, you know, when God asks questions, Mm. that question is very deliberately said, where is your brother? And the wise guy responds to God with a question. Am I? (laughs) Am I? And God being kind, he doesn't respond to that question. If he was a Zimbabwean parent, You'd have been hearing a, a clap right there. Mm. You know, am I my brother's keeper? Mm. You know, pastors are going to be accountable for members. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. That, you know, let's submit to them because they're going to give an account. Mm. So the believer must know. This is why I said we do not attend uh, church meetings for ourselves. We are accountable for the next person. Remember, we are one body, mm. Right. So the I cannot say so. So definitely, from your question, which I actually think was was really directly rebuking us right now, is to say, guys, we've got to check up on our fellows, right? We've got to. We've hey, got ma'am. to. We are our brothers' keepers. Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. Thank you, PC. Sorry, Mr. Producer. Hey, biscuit, yeah. are you there? <laughs> Not. Okay, biscuit is gone. Thank
1: you. Mm? <laughs> He's cooking. <laughs> All right.
2: Wow. Um so as we as we have come to a close now, I'm going to hand over to Timmy.
1: Oh, well, I I feel like we've done closing remarks like three times now, so I will not add anything else. We're past that. <laughs> we, we keep closing, eh? <laughs> exactly.
2: Um
1: thank you all for tuning in and for listening wherever you are listening from, whatever well, this is a good use of your phone. Keep using your phone to listen to radio <laughs> like it, like that like. that. Um, If you have any suggestions, please feel free to email those through. Um, Follow us on our Instagram and on our Facebook. And yeah, commune with us. Talk to us. We are a family. We may not know you exactly like by name, but we are grateful that you're listening. And we are grateful for all of your support. So thank you. And until next time, peace peace out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless.
0: It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.